0: And now, an Arizona PBS original production.
1: Books and Company is made possible by the Department of English at Arizona State University and by the Friends of Arizona PBS, members of Arizona PBS who give additional gifts to support original programs. Thank you. Welcome to Books and Company. Bienvenidos todos. I'm your host, Alberto Rios. We're joined today by all-around very funny man, Tom Papa, talking about his latest book, Your Dad Stole My Rake, and Other Family Dilemmas. (laughs) Welcome, Tom.
0: Thank you. Nice to be here.
1: Thanks for having me. Well, this is a book about family, and I I just have to start with this. With a name like Papa, you've got an inside track.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's... uh, it's an Italian name from uh Sicily. Okay. And uh so I came from a very large Italian family. And uh we were all papas. My grandmother was a papa. They're all papas. And uh That's a funny line I don't all know. by itself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh I'm not sure if uh if the name had influence on us or if it was okay. just our heritage or what, but family was always very, very important and it was drummed into us from the time we were kids. Okay. So Yeah, it is kind of funny that my name (laughs) and my my subject, it had to have been a a mix.
1: Well, this book in particular, so often your work is about family, but this Mm -hmm. book in particular, Your Dad Stole My Rake, Yeah. maybe you could give us a little synopsis before we start. What is this book about? Uh, It's about you. Okay. It's all about you. It was indeed. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I've, as a comedian for 25 years... I have been watching everyone in your life, and now I've decided to write about them. <laughs> Whenever I would do, uh, do my acts, a lot of times people come up and they say, there's always some guy that says to me, were uh, you living in my closet or something? How do you know so much about my life? And you know, in stand-up, you are working with a different way of communicating, and I had a lot more to say about all these subjects. So I figured, you know, let's write a book about it. Let's, like, like expand a little. And I broke it down by uh, everyone in your family, mothers, <laughs> fathers, aunts, uncles, pets, rel- um, friends, neighbors, and wrote a chapter about each one of them.
1: Kind of a perverse symphony orchestra.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And that way uh, you can bounce around. And it, just like in a family, if you get annoyed with one... <laughs> If yeah. you get annoyed with the dad then you just go and read about mom. If you get tired with mom go read about the kids.
1: Well you you also present this in what I what I think is a very clever way. You've got you've got a lot to say but you do it in short vignettes. Yeah. We don't have time to you know uh not escape, I don't mean that. Right. But we don't have time not to read it. We're, we're in it, and we get through it, and, and there we are.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I know you're busy. I, mean, <laughs> I know you're busy, you have a lot to do.
1: I have a question about that. Is that sure. the spirit of our times, the short form? I mean, you, you have worked as a comedy writer, right? so you're used to telling jokes. Yeah. These are short vignettes. I wonder if there's a relationship as you sit down to write.
0: Uh, it's interesting. You know, writing f- stand-up, is a lot like writing poetry, in that you have these big ideas and you try and boil them down mm-hmm. to the fewest amount of words with the most impact. Mm-hmm. And that's close to poetry for me. And
1: I totally agree with that, by the way. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good astute observation. Right.
0: And uh, as I was writing this book, I was excited because I would have more Room to breathe, and mm-hmm. I could—I didn't have to boil it down so much. But as I started editing and going through and rewriting endlessly, uh, the stand-up part of my head starts to take the wheel, mm-hmm. and it starts boiling it down, and it mm-hmm. starts—and I can see—I'm very—I have a keen eye for what's fat, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it started to kind of lend itself to going smaller. I don't know if it's the time, I don't think it's the times. I think it's just the way that I write hmm. more than, I think people are patient. I think of people, uh, you know, there are some that are not joke heavy in, hmm. of the essays. And I think it still has that, it's still my voice and my voice kind of uh, kind of skits along.
1: <laughs> let, me, let me push that just a little farther sure. as a comedian. I'm guessing you're willing to be led by the funny moment wherever it's going to take you. But this right. is a book about family. Right. It's not a book about Afghanistan or you know or or cauliflower. Right. Necessarily. <laughs> yeah. How do you how do you keep from being led astray all the time as a, a, a you know a thinking person? You're, yeah. you're 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 reacting to your own work and you're used to that as a comedian. You know.
0: Right. How do well, you write I, a book? I I think I still. A lot of my perspective goes through family. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of the world through that, Mm -hmm. through my family, the family that I made, the family that I grew up in, the family of my community, the greater family of the culture. It all kind of goes through that filter. Mm -hmm. I don't really like writing about the news. I don't like, not because it's uh, controversial, but it doesn't last. Mm-hmm. I like to dive into a subject, and i 'll have jokes that I hang on to for years because <laughs> and explore and keep punching them out and i, I it 's more exciting to me. I just like that more human long lasting yeah. uh, subject than all that other stuff, so that doesn 't mean it doesn't references don 't pop in mm-hmm. and i don 't use current things or or references but uh but I live in a place where I want it to last. I want you... It's a little more universal. So I guess the answer to your question is I don't get pulled that, that much by uh, those kind of subjects.
1: So that sounds very, maybe more contemplative than reactionary. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you, were you the class clown or were you the observer? I was uh,
0: the class clown. Okay, so yeah. you were
1: quick and you were...
0: I was quick and, uh, and I knew that... Um, Girls liked me more when they were laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't, uh, I wasn't kicked back. I was, uh, yeah, I was the class clown, but I was also um, an athlete at the same time. Hmm. So I was kind of living in these two worlds where I was uh, very funny in school and a very serious right after school, <laughs> and I would kind of uh, go back and forth. But I don't think I was the class clown in that uh, uh, that was just, you know, throwing water balloons and that kind of stuff. I always kind of had a sense of uh, thinking about being funny mm-hmm. from the time I was very little. Yeah. Kind yeah. of a
1: matrix of things, not a one-shot approach to this. There's yeah, no, like no a lot of times
0: a class clown is just pulling yeah. people's pants down. Right, right. Which works, <laughs> you <know>? Which works, <laughs> hey, if you need a laugh, <laughs> it's a go-to. But, uh, but not yeah, not for me.
1: Well, one of the other things that happens here, beyond the humor, and there's, there's plenty of it, and this sort of family history, it's it's like a family tree, uh-huh. right, filled out. Yeah. You've got all of these different things to say. You you are never shy about giving advice, and sometimes it's pretty strong. Yeah. Maybe you can talk about that.
0: Yeah. I, um, I'm a bit of a know-it-all. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that I know what I'm talking about, <laughs> and uh, I do think... Uh, yeah, I've never been shy about that. There are, I think, there are um, things that I see that I think are wrong. I think that, uh, and you know, not in a heavy way, but there's like um, there's one essay about uh, Tiger Mom versus Ice yeah. Cream Mom, and you know, there is this big push to be Tiger Mom, and it's you know, to be really harsh and run your kids into the ground and make sure that they excel. Okay. But what about Ice Cream Mom? She's pretty fun, you know. I mean, when people hear Ice Cream Mom come, they get excited and and they're filled with joy. And I think that we're only here for a short amount of time, so well, maybe Tiger Mom has a couple of good points. I prefer living in a world that's populated by Ice Cream Mom.
1: <laughs> it's well, and you it's articulated very well, and you articulate it in many different ways. Right. Let me quote you. Okay. Eat the bread. <laughs> Oh yeah, definitely
0: eat the bread. Just so eat the bread, that's the final essay.
1: That world of joy is so important. I think that's at the core of this book. Yeah, It says, you know, live happy. Yes, yes, what <laughs> do we and doing? And not only that, you can, you just got to choose to. Absolutely, I don't
0: know why everybody is getting so balled up like we're in this, <laughs> this race for what? I don't, you know, we're here for a short amount of time. I have friends in my life that don't eat bread anymore. They don't eat bread. They're going to lose three and a half pounds. No one's ever going to know. And they don't eat bread. Why are you even here? <laughs> no toast with butter in the morning? <laughs> I mean, what do you do? Unthinkable. Doing? Right? Unthinkable. And really, I think that uh, we, look, there's, there's some, we've learned a lot. There's a lot of ways that we can live that are healthier, and that's all nice. But I think the stress that you put on yourself from denying all of these things and feeling bad about how you look and feeling bad about what you eat and what well, you're never doing enough and you're not making enough money and all of that, you're wasting your life away with this stress on top of you. And let it go and just enjoy you know, some bread. You don't need a bakery in, in a town. You don't need, it's not really a necessity, right? We need the supermarket, we need the power, we need the electric, we need all that stuff. You don't need a bakery. But they're there because they're valuable. You go into a bakery, you're having a good time. There's like a little moment, a little celebration.
1: And uh, that's where I want to live. Some bread and some laughter. Yes. (laughs) So if we're living this happy life and and we're moving forward through it in that way, you as a comedy writer um, are writing about one kind of happy life, Mm -hmm. right? It's broader strokes. It's not the zinger Sort of thing, right? But you you have done everything. So how do you how do you place the right kind of comedy in the right setting? Uh, you've the, been you've done stand up. You you write for uh, what used to be a Prairie Home Companion, now Live from Here. Yeah, I'm the head writer. You are the head writer, right? And and you've done comedy in a variety of uh, venues, different yeah. different ways.
0: I have five jobs right now. Okay, <laughs> I have the. Prairie Home, the live from here. Yes, where I do a monologue each week, and I write the show. I'm a, the head writer. I have uh, the book right now, right. going through the book. I have my own radio show on Sirius XM called mm-hmm. Come to Papa, which is 99, right, right, which is a, a scripted thing that I write yeah. each each month. Um, and then I have my stand up tour, mm-hmm. and then I have uh, this new uh, Food Network show, which also I have to uh, rewrite voiceover and stuff. So I'm constantly writing right now. There is it, it, All of these things, for some reason, all just hit at the same exact time. Hmm. So, and that's not, there's also a couple other script things that I have to write. So- And it,
1: you've been an actor.
0: And I've been an actor, yeah. yeah. But that's easy, you don't have to write. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else does the writing. And you just have to remember the lines. Uh, but I enjoy it and I think there's, they are all distinctly different things. Hmm. Very rarely will I write something for the radio show that can go into my act once hmm. in a while i 'll think oh maybe that 's an idea that can go in, but they kind of all live in their own in their own little worlds, so I just uh, I just kind of treat it by deadline hmm. I know i 've got the radio show coming uh, on Saturday. Hmm. I know I have my other radio show coming, so I just kind of follow that and i 'm always just popping open the laptop it 's it's a weird thing, but for when the book, when I started writing the book a couple of years ago, uh, I added on top of my stand-up writing the book writing. So I started writing all the time. And that hasn't stopped because the book kind of stopped and these other things picked up. And uh, friends asked me, like, have you watched this show? Have you watched this movie? <laughs> I literally have not in two years. Can't watch your own work. <laughs> uh, yeah, on a plane, anything. I'm just always writing right now.
1: I'd like to just take a moment to remind our viewers: you're watching Books and Company. I'm your host Alberto Rios. We're joined today by all-around very funny man Tom Papa, talking about his latest book, "Your Dad Stole My Rake and Other Family Dilemmas." <laughs> let Let me ask you a very uh, grounded question: Can sure. you can you live your life as fast as you write it?
0: Uh, that's you're writing a, good a lot. Question. Yeah. No, I'm writing a lot. Uh, yeah, I'm. Well, I travel a lot, too. All these things kind of take me out and about. So I'm, you know, my monologue on Live From Here is called Out in America, where I'm, for the first time, like really listening to people's stories and Hmm. meeting people and talking to them all the time. And really, for my stand-up, I never used them as a direct thing. Like I would observe things, but I never took people's stories. And now I am. I'm like actively doing it. So... I'm living my life mm. almost as a journalist more than just living my life, mm. I think.
1: Well, does this give you any amount of freedom? I mean, success is a great thing, but...
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it, it is kind of freeing. I mean, I okay. I really find that uh, work to me is a joy. Okay. I really love doing that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the other stuff, you know, I have a family and we have fun <laughs> and we go to the beach and we do things. Uh, but... You know, they're all living their lives. They're all doing their things. I have, I'm much happier when I'm sitting in my office with, noodling around with some words than I am mm. doing mm. what? Going out drinking, you know, Yeah. learning to rollerblade. <laughs> I've done all that. It's, none of that is as much fun as doing this, what you're doing. honestly.
1: That's a, great, that's a great way to think about your, your work. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't, it's, I'm never sitting there thinking, oh, I wish... I was swimming, <laughs> or, or I, I wish I was doing something else.
1: So you mentioned your family, yeah. who are probably, you think they're all doing their own thing. They're all probably writing books about you.
0: <laughs> yeah, it might come. <laughs> because you are writing
1: books about them. Good point. Um, I just wonder, how does that work? Do you ask permission? Do they think it's no. a good idea? Do they react to that? Uh, and I want to th- I want to thank your wife and family yeah. personally right now <laughs> for all of this great material yeah. and your family your greater extended family for all this yeah. great material but
0: well I'm sure they'll uh, they'll appreciate that but they don't um I don't ask permission no. uh I'm careful about what I write about the children mm-hmm. I don't um you know I don't want them to ever be insulted or read something that's uh that, that would make them feel strange the rest of the family is Fair game <laughs> air game And my father's the one who gets more annoyed than anybody And my father's a tough, big guy He's, yeah. he's not a very sensitive man But for some reason When I write about him or huh. to, I did a joke on The Tonight Show About him having salsa on his shirt And he's still to this day <laughs> I didn't have salsa <laughs> on my shirt
1: yes, Trying to correct it <laughs> yeah. right? Set and, the record straight here
0: And it's comedy, you know yeah. Things are an, an inspiration yeah. And then you exaggerate. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, I don't, I'm, I'm not coming too hard at them.
1: Well, you have the great veneer of comedy, which is really just this wonderful, it's like butter on bread. It's just that That's great right. thing. <laughs> um, I remember one of the first things I learned in a creative writing class, and it, it just haunted me. Uh-huh. It has to this day. And the line was, the worst thing for a writer is to have your parents still be alive. Uh. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Uh they're yeah. there to read that word. Later it's your children. Right. Right. Yeah. Everybody's gonna read this stuff. Now yeah. if they can laugh, read it and laugh, you're okay. Yeah. No, that's a good point.
0: Uh, when my parents took the book, they were I could tell it was like they were getting like a, a bomb <laughs> they had to diffuse and they were very <laughs> the opening it up and like looking at it.
1: They're worried about what their uh, friends are gonna think. Yeah, like, they, exactly. They love you. Exactly.
0: Right? And it's you really can't You know, because it's comedy, you always have the out of, it's a joke, just go with it. Uh, There's one one of my mother's friends who um, had a very, it was a very innocent mention of her, and she was a little insulted, which was confusing, because I'd talk about how I always preferred being around the women in my life growing up than the men, Mm -hmm. that the men would sit in the TV room and grunt and not talk to each other and watch the game, and the women... Where in the kitchen it was like a festival. It was they were funny and doing voices, and it was joyful and creative. And they laughed at my jokes that the guys weren't laughing at. And and there was this one moment where I say I was getting older and I was starting to read the the room.
1: Mm-hmm. This was very and, moving. I, I oh, love yeah? this essay. Yeah.
0: And and uh, thank you. And I, and I shut down with the women, mm-hmm. and I started going to the men. I knew what it, I had to act like a man in a way, mm-hmm. and and my aunt Gloria said, "Oh, look at him! Look at him! He's he doesn't la- he's not doing the voices for us anymore. He's he's turning into a man now," yeah. which she was insulted by. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't, I'm not oh, sure. She what her, was she let, yes, oh, she was
1: insulted by that. Yes, she was.
0: I think it was just being mentioned oh. might have bothered her, mm. but it was such a. I was oh. praising her. Like she yes, was, you were. She really put in my mind yeah. the clarity for me to be able to write that.
1: It was so salient. It was such an on-target kind right. of statement, yeah. and and I, you know it just brings complexity of feeling to the table right there. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> we so, all recognize that.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Uh, she's the only one, and she's some, not someone I even see that often. It's uh, she's, mm. um, but she's the only one. Everyone else, if they're insulted, I don't really care. But that one, because it was such a nice moment. I really want to clear it up with her, mm. but I probably won't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you just did. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, talking about clearing up things, I, I love, There's a, early on in the book, you have the story of snaily, the, the snail you oh. <laughs> step on, and those things that little kids hold yeah. on to like, yes. forever, yeah. and now you're helping your daughter to hold on to. <laughs> I, That's what I, I was laughing harder because I was thinking, <laughs> if you thought she was going to forget, no, she's never going to forget. <laughs> I right? know. Yeah, it's just those moments
0: in a family where you, as a parent, you you have these moments where you think you are passing on some wisdom, and you're really you're thoughtful about it, and you tell them, you give them this lesson,
1: and they never hear that. Step
0: on one snail, and you're a murderer for. You're a murderer forever.
1: (laughs) You know, uh, I want to ask you just a. quirky question about technology or, or organization. Uh-huh. You're doing a lot of things, mm-hmm. and you, you expressed a kind of compartmentalization of comedy. Yeah, One way over here, one way over here, yeah. but it all resolves, so you're not overthinking that. But how do you track it all? I mean, are you writing in one notebook, out of which you take everything? No, I have,
0: um, I have a, a notebook with a pen that I write my stand-up in, that I'll use that it's just a habit of being okay. able to do it. Did stand-up
1: stand come first, by the way?
0: Uh, stand-up comes first as, as uh, that's who I'm married to. Okay. Um, but sometimes the other mistresses uh, demand more attention, <laughs> and, you, and you don't go home as often. I'm always performing, mm-hmm. so I'm always editing and working on it. But when I have other things that I'm writing heavily, uh, stand-up, you know, can sometimes be pushed aside mm-hmm. while I'm uh, doing all this stuff. But I, I carry a, um, so I always have in my bag. I've got that notebook and my pen, and that's actually a good way to see how much I'm writing. The stand-up is how quickly I'm going through those notebooks. Mm. Uh, sometimes you think you're writing, and you're like, <laughs> I've had this book a long time. Uh, and then everything else is on my MacBook Air, and. You know, there's that one little move on the MacBook Air you can kind of Mm -hmm. three-finger up, and it shows all the documents, a smaller version of all the documents that you're working on. And it's interesting. Sometimes they're very small, and they're all (laughs) over. And a couple times, there's only like six of them. And uh, I just keep them in there and Mm. fly it open and know what I have to go work on. Mm. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm intrigued also in in terms of all of those compartments. Compartmentalizations of comedy. Yeah, um, how different it is to write the visual comedy versus the comedy we're purely going to hear. Uh-huh. Not going to see anything except whatever we imagine.
0: As far as the stand-up or the book.
1: Well, the, both all of these things. How do right. how do we distinguish between them in in ways that are are, uh, I you know I. Well, when you're writing a... St- As a writer, h- how are we distinguishing for the ear versus the eye? Yeah,
0: well, for the... You know, it's interesting for this. my stand-up. I lately have just been keeping the mic in the stand. I don't take it out. I don't walk around. I'm not selling it. Mm-hmm. And I purely did that to see if the words had the power that... Uh-huh. They re- I, was I cheating it? Yeah. Was I goofing off and making yeah. a face? Which is okay. You're still communicating in a different way. But I really wanted to see if the words were... As powerful as they could be, and I love it. I'm just standing there, and it's it is like when you do it right, it, mm-hmm. it's just as strong, if not stronger. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but then the other stuff, like if you're writing scripts and you have characters, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. You're painting a picture. You're telling, communicating in a totally different way. The book was uh, close to the stand-up, because I want you, I want to be able you to be able to see, feel, mm-hmm. laugh, be moved by just the words, similar mm-hmm. to just standing at the mic. Mm-hmm. It was difficult because, there, you know, you tell a joke and they tell you right away whether it's good or not. You write a book, yep. it's done, and you wait for another year <laughs> before you start to hear the laughs.
1: Yeah. <laughs> which you hope to hear. Yeah, right? <laughs> which is good. And I feel
0: like that's, we, you know, since the book came out, more than selling, you know, it's doing well and we're selling a lot of books, but it really purely was, are people going to like it? Because yeah. this is the first time I've done that and that I hear from strangers that it's good and I've touched them, that was like uh, just a uh, well, relief.
1: And you certainly did do that. Let me ask you one question about the title, Your Dad Stole My Rake. Yes. I don't recall reading about your dad stealing my rake. There's no essay <laughs>
0: in there about the rake. It's really a, it's how I look at family. It's okay. that you have to, you're born into this family, you didn't ask to be with these people, but you are held accountable for all of their actions. And when I was a child, (laughs) my father never bought a tool. He didn't have one tool, but he had jobs to do. So he would send me to the neighbors to borrow whatever he needed. And it was, I hated it. They hated seeing me cross the street Mm. because we all knew what was going to happen. He would use the tool in his uh, his (laughs) rudimentary way, get frustrated, just throw it into the garage and not return it. He would never <laughs> return it. And eventually they'd come over. Oh your dad stole my rake. Equally mortified. I want my I'm like, yeah. I look I well. don't I don't think his behavior is nice either, but he's the only man that feeds me.
1: So mm.
0: I, I'm stuck with him. Oh. Let me go find your rake. Oh. So yeah. you
1: were the rake finder and the rake appropriator. <laughs> yeah. And I really think that's what family
0: is. It's yeah. like you are uh, by proxy responsible or held accountable for everyone else's actions. <laughs> and uh, from that, I think you find some humor.
1: Well, I have to say, I want to I, I say that I never lost uh, attention in this book. And I, I think you kept me wrapped, you kept me laughing, you oh, kept good. me, um, you know, entertained. Yeah. Uh, we want writing to do all sorts of things, but those are some pretty good basics. Yeah. And I think you've got those basic covers, those, those uh, basics covered. So I want to... Well, that means a lot. Thank you. I, I want to recommend that. And I want to recommend that to our viewers. You've been watching Books and Company. I'm your host, Alberto Rios. We've been joined today by Tom Papa talking about his latest book, Your Dad Stole My Rake and Other Family Dilemmas. Please join us again next time when we'll be bringing you another good book. Tom? Too short. This was really nice. Thank you so much. (laughs) and Company is made possible by the Department of English at Arizona State University and by the Friends of Arizona PBS, members of Arizona PBS who give additional gifts to support original programs. Thank you.